Hello and welcome back. This is Charles and you're listening to the Bringing It All Back Home podcast. It's a podcast about analog and digital gear, primarily in South Jersey, as well as live chats with people from around the world doing creative projects. So what's in store for today, episode 29? Today's episode is going to involve a return to Wildwood, a return to using the always impressive Leica 3A, the 1938 Barnack Leica, which uh, needed to get out and wander a bit. And it's also going to focus on an interesting mishap that just happened less than an hour ago. So stay tuned, and I will be right back. The goal of this morning's shoot was straightforward. Bring my two 35mm cameras down with me back to Wildwood and focus on the doo-wop motels. Yeah. So how'd it go? Well, I got lucky in a couple of ways this morning. Number one, the sun was was out. <laughs> it was brilliantly lit all morning. Bright, sun, bright sunny sky, bright blue sky, uh, bright sun coming up in February. And uh, that was just a great, um, great beginning. Also, too, uh, it was just wonderful to finally get my hands on the Leica 3A again. Uh, I pretty much had been sitting in its uh, own little bag, you know, in, a, in my uh, storage area um, for months. I don't think I've used that guy since maybe October. I don't know. I had to look and see. Uh, so, yeah, that guy was ready to, uh, to get, a little, uh, get a little film action in. And, of course, I could not help but bring another camera, the more currently uh, used uh, Nikormat and the Pre-AI 105. Um, just love, love, love using that camera. And I figured, yeah, the two points of view. I got a long lens on one, which I'll wear around my neck looking for that longer view. And I've got uh, on a little hand strap um, the classic 50mm Leica Elmar on my Leica 3A. What was so striking this morning, though, um, beyond the whole doo-wop motel motif, was just how amazingly abandoned Wildwood was uh, this morning. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's, is this a regular thing. It was a, what, a Monday morning, okay? It's a Monday morning in February. It's nice out. It's not, it, you know, it, it was probably in the uh, low 40s when I, when I got there. And by the time I left, it was definitely uh, getting up to 50 degrees. So really unseasonably warm weather for uh, mid-February. At many, many times as I crossed um, the main street of Pacific Avenue, as I crossed the main street of Atlantic, as I crossed the main street, the one closest to the beach, Ocean Avenue, I could have not only stood in the middle of the street, I could have probably have just, I don't know, sat down cross-legged and uh, rolled a cigarette. I don't know. You know, I mean, like, it was, there was no one around. Not that I roll cigarettes anymore. Um, but, yeah, there was no one around. Like, no one. Not even a car. Not even the sound of a car in the distance. No one. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, really interesting. I mean, I... I, I um, I can expect that feeling, you know, some places down B 
beach off season, you know, if you walk down certain streets, um, whether it's this island or, or Ocean City or even, I guess, Seattle or Avalon. Yeah, you're, you're going to find certain areas where the only person there. This was the center of town. This was in the center of Wildwood, the heart of Wildwood, and just no one. First time I think I actually saw some people was uh, when I finally approached the boardwalk. Um, so yeah, that was that uh, was that was uh, kind of neat. You know, <laughs> it was. An, I felt like. Uh, like, uh, it was almost like a feeling, I guess, if you were out west, you know, and you came across a deserted town, a so-called ghost town, or or maybe you were just driving by someplace and there was an abandoned gas station and you got out to take a picture because uh, the rust looked cool and and you were like, yeah, I'm the only one here. Well, well, this, <laughs> this is a town that swells to thousands and thousands of people in the summer. Um, but right now, this morning... Um, yeah, it, it 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 was yours for the taking, you know. When the sun is over the ocean, and uh, you know you're facing away from the ocean, you're you know you it it can have this really um, just great look on old buildings. So I used to notice this effect all the time. By coincidence, I used to drive down Pacific Avenue in Atlantic City, and on my way to work, uh, stopped at a light. Um, I would look to my to my left, and and there would be just just wonderful uh, quality to the sunlight uh, hitting you know some of these old buildings along Pacific Avenue. You know, so essentially the building is just getting hit with this amazing light coming up uh, in the morning, bouncing around the light over the ocean hitting these uh, these buildings. Um, and many many times I would just stop and pull up my iPhone and just take a picture just because I love the light. I was immediately immediately noticing that this morning, uh, and by coincidence, I'm on another Pacific Avenue. This is the one in Wildwood, um, where I was just like, "Wow, the light looks great. The light looks terrific." Just I just started, you know, it, it just felt like um, this wonderful uh, and repeatable, you know, um, instance where the shadow is is cool, and then the light is just so warm and so defined, and 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 a really nice contrast to it. Um, and that's where I began. So that was the way my, my photo journey began this morning. Um, eerily silent in this town full of um, motel after motel. And uh, and my goal was to just, yeah, get get back in the groove with the uh, the Leica, you know. Um, get really into that rangefinder uh, view and um, enjoy once again uh, how easy it is to focus once I got that guy repaired. Um so on my left hand, I've got my, my Leica 3 around my neck. I've got my Nikkor 105. And yeah, I mostly was shooting with the Leica. I, I didn't see that many moments uh, where I could, um, you know, enjoy the, the telephoto. But it was still great having it. And when I did get to lift up and change off, um, it, was, it was great. I wasn't metering uh, in any way this morning. That was kind of mood I was in. I did not pick up my phone. I did not bring a meter. I wasn't using the Nikromat to compare to. I just uh, I just set it to Sony 16. Uh, this has worked before. I may have mentioned previous podcasts. Uh, bright light, early morning sun, um, a relatively forgiving film. And, uh, and I just stuck to literally Sunny 16. So, um, with, you know, with the exception that I stopped it down two stops. So if I was, 
if I was shooting it at 16, uh, I would have left it at, you know, F16. It, um, my, my camera's so old, it has literally a shutter speed of 1 one hundredth. You know, how cool is that? Um, and, uh, and the ISO was 100. Uh, but I stopped it down uh, to stuff. So I took it down to F11 and then F8. So that's two stuffs. So my shutter speed went back up too. So it does actually have, uh, it goes from 1 200th to one five hundredth, pretty modern, you know. So if, yeah, basically I shot at one five hundredth at f eight. You know how how easy is that? And and then yeah, if I was shooting in the, some shadowy area, I would just uh, you know uh, open up the shutter speed and a stop. So I would go back down to one two hundredth, and that's it. I never metered at all. Um, when I did pick out the Nikromat, I couldn't help but meter because I'm just trying to practice using that built-in meter. Um, but I wasn't actually, you know, in any way going back to the Leica and fixing anything. I just felt like, uh, yeah, this is the way that guy was shot for decades, uh, and I was just embracing it. So my walk, you know, pretty much started uh, at Spicer Avenue, uh, going back to episode 27, where I mentioned that's where my folks used to live. Um, and I trucked on down from Pacific uh, down to Atlantic, you know, and down to Ocean and the boardwalk and back to Atlantic, you know, because like I mentioned, the boardwalk was pretty dead. Um, you know, I, I think my eye was just drawn to the lighting, anything that looked vaguely interesting. Uh, but at some point, uh, I wanted to focus on the so-called doo-wop motels. So at that moment, I wasn't 100% sure how far away I was from the Caribbean. So, you know, I pulled out um, my smartphone and looked it up and uh yeah figured out that uh the caribbean was a little bit further away um so i ended up going back to my car driving down a little bit and uh heading down uh to the caribbean um which is a little bit further away uh so yeah that that was a neat area i actually have shot that motel before uh way way back um because having seen some really cool documentaries about do-up stuff um to me that is the uh that's the the best uh, of the lot, you know, the, the the one motel that's still surviving that absolutely epitomizes um, everything that's great about the doo-wop motels. Um, and I'll, uh, if I am lucky, I will include the pictures from today uh, in the podcast notes uh, if they come out. And that's something I'm going to mention uh, in the last part of the, the podcast today. But yeah, worked, uh, I worked the Caribbean hotel, Motel a little bit with both cameras. I uh, tried to find some angles. The pool, of course, was closed and there were slight renovations going on. But I didn't care at all. You know, I, if anything, um, it really didn't matter to me today if I found uh, the perfect shot in any way. I think there was just, and there has been, since the last trip, um, just this amazing appreciation for these 50s and 60s motels, let alone if they're doo-wop or not, uh, that I'm kind of surprised about. You know, I, I, I think maybe it had been nagging at the back of my brain a little bit, uh, but when I moved back down to the Jersey Shore 10 or 12 years ago, um, a bit had changed down beach, you know, where there used to be, particularly this part of uh, the island where I'm living in right now. I, this 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 area where I'm in, where I live right now, had at one time been a a, a massive, uh, con, you know, 
congregation of uh, motels. This was kind of a motel sweet spot uh, that I remember from the 70s, uh, particularly because, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm sort of closer to the beach, but on the bay side, uh, directly down from me, um, was the collection of wild and crazy uh, college-age bars, you know, the, in the 70s. Um, this was an area, the only one still standing um, is Maynard's, you know, but uh, one time there were easily a dozen um, pretty cool bars. Some featured live entertainment, some were just little dives uh, that, you know, it was a thing. Not to say that Wildwood ever came to Down Beach Margate, you know, uh, but but at one time, and at least in a, I imagine beginning in the 60s, but when I was growing up in the late 70s, early 80s, um, you could still sense it. You know, there was still kind of like, you know, out of high school or, or maybe uh, still in college, but a need to spend the summer at the shore, get a summer job, live in some dumpy place, anything you could find. Um, and surrounding you would be places you could work. And then people, you know, w- with families, you know, would stay at these cool little motels. And, and everybody kind of just put up with it. There, there, was, a, there was a tremendous uh, amount of... Uh, vibrancy to it and, and a kind of sloppy uh, drunkenness uh, two in the morning you, you could easily detect you know um, and yeah you know as things begin to fade and things begin to change um, and as the architecture begins to change um, there's just a dullness to so much architecture now uh, surrounding us. You know, uh, like, uh, you can have, as I just mentioned a little bit before, you can have this beautiful morning light uh, that's going to hit some of these buildings. And all it is is just this repetition of incredibly efficient designs, you know, that are going to keep the place well well heated in the, in the winter and nice and cool in the summer and you know the siding is 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 uh, is the most efficient and cost effective. And meanwhile, like it's also freaking boring to look at. It's so uninspiring. Um, and then and suddenly, uh, you know, with each passing year, um, the quaint motels from the 50s and 60s they just begin to uh, take on this this unintentional. Um, sweet quality you know like they're not pretentious and they're and they're fun and 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 they look great on film you know they just look really cool and i think i think that's what uh caught my eye for some reason on that last trip to wildwood more than it had been in the last 10 or 12 years uh, when i went down there um for some reason i'm just really bonding with it and um and just really appreciating it. That it's it's astonishing in 2020 that there's a place where a lot of these um, places just survive. That they're not turning into um, nothing but condos and nothing but modern, really boring architecture. Um, yeah, so that's my little soapbox thing. Um, but but yeah, so I basically made it down to the Caribbean, took some shots, kept walking around, um, looking at Google Maps right now. Yeah, there's like the uh, uh, the American Safari and the Aztec, you know. Uh, and then I uh, got in my car one more time and drove down a little bit further um, to um, what is, I guess, the the southernmost um, Duwap Motel, uh, and that's the uh, the ocean Ocean View.
the Ocean View uh, Motel. That's pretty much where my trip uh, kind of ended. I wandered around, took some shots around the Ocean View, uh, this other place around the corner from it called the Singapore, and uh, and the Royal uh, Hawaiian. And also, too, just before I made it all the way down there, uh, there was one, I think it was called the, the Waikiki. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool, too. And that's been there a long time, too. I think I guess that was more of an early 60s, um, you know, do-wop motel. And, uh, yeah, so I, I felt like it, it, it had been um, a really sweet morning, you know. I was really happy that I left when I did. You know, I think the sun was still low enough uh, to give that light on the buildings uh, a, a really nice cast uh, had I gone down even just an hour later it had been it would have been a little bit too overhead you know too much of that kind of noon light um, and yeah yeah I, everybody uh, once I started did started once I did start seeing more people um, you could tell this was uh, this was a good day in February you know uh, 50 degrees feels like 70 uh, if, if you've been cooped up too long um, yeah so 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 far so good in the hopes of having some content for the podcast and having it ready to go uh, on schedule, uh, I've been trying to get these guys on board every Tuesday. I attempted to do something when I got home that I normally do not do. Um, I like to develop and process my film at a particular hour. <laughs> you know, uh, For whatever reason, what really works for me is just before breakfast, you know, kind of like, you know, uh, like as if I'm ready to, as if that, that, that almost sleepwalking motion when you're just like, say for breakfast, you're putting the coffee together, you're rinsing out maybe a dish or two, you're doing whatever you do to make breakfast, that kind of automated, uh, feel, um, and that sort of, um, not putting, not paying too much attention to it, but not being distracted either. I love that time. It's what works for me the best. But that wasn't what I was going to do today. So today I was going to, having just driven back and forth from Wildwood, uh, the minute I got in, I started, you know, trying to get the the tap uh, water at the right temperature. Uh, I started pulling out my chemicals, um, got the film ready to go into the bag, and set to work uh, lining up my uh, my measurement for my developer, my measurement for my... Uh, my stop and my measurement for my fixer, fixer, you know, and and the uh, the other stuff. Um, so yeah, so far so good. Um, got my hands in the uh, film changing bag, and uh, and lucked out. Like the minute I moved the first part of the reel into the Patterson tank, I I could just tell like yeah, it's connecting perfectly. Like you just kind of know, you know, as you're as you're moving that film into the Patterson tank. Meanwhile, you can't see it because your hand's in a black bag. Um, you can tell by feel if that if it's in just the right way. So even before you make the first turn of the reel, you can almost tell it's going to be perfect. And it was. So it was like good. You know, it's a 36 roll on Elford Delta Delta 100. Uh, so yeah, so far so good. You know, that's always a good sign, like that the film gets loaded with no issues. I opened up my iPhone uh, and, be, you know, popped open the app um, to see what I had done last time with this film. And yeah, there it was. There was my uh, all my gear lined up. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be using it for Delta. So the massive dev app has that. Uh, I'm going to be using my HC110 and it has that. And then I also have on... Uh, which I wrote last time in my notes. I'm using the uh, the uh, the normal dilution, the one that's known as the 
HC110B, you know, um, which for me isn't always normal. I'd be totally honest. 90% um, of the times I use HC110, I've been doing it at the higher dilution, uh, meaning instead of using, say, so instead of using 16 milliliters of this stuff, I would only be using like eight or nine, you know, the, the, the highest dilution, though, but it's still very popular. And with that high dilution, double the time. So part of me was like, yeah, you know, I'm off of work. It's already, you know, 12 o'clock. I don't mind developing this stuff for, say, 10 or 11 minutes rather than five or six. So I was committed to that. I figure uh, I'll just go with, you know, the time I usually do HC110, the, the, the long time. And I figured everything's good. So I jumped right in and uh, mixed up the developer, poured in my, you know, eight or nine milliliters. I don't worry too much about that setting, you know, but at least eight, you know, at least eight milliliters, maybe eight and a half, nine. Stir it up, get everything ready, get everything's ready to go. Um, and then I begin the actual process of developing the film. So I'm pouring in my developer. I'm doing my three uh, agitations per minute. I'm looking at the... Um, you know, the, the app. Everything seemed normal. Well, to cut to the chase, um, I developed the film, I stopped the film, I fixed the film, I began washing the film, and I was about a minute away from finishing the washing. I was pretty much at the end. I was ready to just, um, <clears throat> you know, put it through this, uh, the soapy stuff and, and, and then hang it up to dry. And all of a sudden, <laughs> I panicked. <laughs> I realized, wait a second. Hold on, what did I just do? Well, what I had done was I forgot to change in the app the fact that I was developing it for the longer and smaller dilution. Meaning I was, I, in my head, yeah, I was going to develop it for 11 minutes. And in my head, I was going to only use 8 or 9 milliliters rather than 16. And that's what I did. I only used 8 or 9 milliliters. But I forgot to reset the app. So what I ended up doing was I only developed the film for 5 minutes and 6 seconds. Now, in order for that to be a proper development, to use it for just 5 minutes and 6 seconds, I needed to use dilution B, the one that has 15 or 16 milliliters of developer. Instead of using 15 or 16, I used 9. So I've completely screwed it up, you know? I've used half of what I should have. <laughs> That's a pretty big mistake. Uh, I just got it mixed up, you know? Um, where I should have been developing it twice as long or if I was going to stick with the five minute development I should have used twice as much developer you know instead it's just like oh no <laughs> you know I've I've completely made this uh, a whole new mistake and then what and what's it gonna look like yeah it was a moment of uh, increasing panic <laughs> You know, and and curiosity too. I gotta admit, you know, because sometimes a really like it's it's like when you fuck up really big, uh, there's almost a, you know, there's almost a kind of playful like, well, <laughs> let's see how, let's see how dumb this is gonna come out. Um, so again, uh, I 
when I took these pictures, I know that I was exposing my settings on my camera were, were, I'm sure, in the ballpark, if not dead on. You know, it was truly a sunny 16 day. If anything, maybe some of the scenes were a little overexposed. And yeah, if you decide to slightly underdevelop shots that were so-called a little bit overexposed, everything's going to be fine. That's like classic, classic, classic stuff. You know, you're trying to slightly underdevelop to bring more detail to the highlights, blah, blah, blah. So, so a little bit of underdevelopment would have meant, you know, instead of developing for 10 or 11 minutes, I shaved it a little bit and only developed for, say, nine minutes or maybe eight you know, that was not the case. <laughs> I developed these guys for five. So, so, so yeah, this is severe underdevelopment, severe underdevelopment. Like, like technically I should have not seen very, like, like these things should have come out, uh, incredibly thin. Uh, and, and in some cases, I suppose, uh, some of the images on the literally looking at the negative, um, may have been almost like hard to make out. Like, is there a photo here? You know? So I raced through the end a little bit quickly. Uh, you know, I, I stopped washing at eight minutes instead of ten. Uh, I only gave it a little bit of a shake to, uh, uh, to, to to soap it up to get rid of the watermarks. And yeah, I just yanked that guy out of there like, what the, what the fuck, you know? And and surprisingly, it didn't look that bad. It didn't look that bad. So I'm really curious now. Like, like I, I, I started Googling it, you know, trying to find the answer. Like, so, so tactically, I think if I do have any negatives that are workable, and, and you know, and I'll, I'll know in about three hours, I guess. So it's two thirty, five thirty. Yeah. In about three and a half hours, I'm going to yank these guys and start scanning. Um, what I should have are negatives that are very low in contrast and I should have an effect of a kind of loss of loss of detail, I guess, in the highlights too. Um, they should be very low contrast. Um, they're obviously should they shouldn't be dense negatives. They should be thin negatives, being that severely uh, underdeveloped. Um, and uh, and yeah, I, I don't know. Part of me is thinking like, well, what if what if what if there's a negative out of this role? That's freaking perfect. You know, like, like, have I just accidentally discovered some new bizarro method of using HC-110 where I'm going to, like, severely underdevelop it? Uh, so, I don't know. I'm really curious. Uh, it, you know, that's part of the magic of home developing is even a complete failure may have at least one, you know, tantalizing glimpse of some alternate reality. Anyhow, uh, it's, you know, it's 26 minutes in. I'm going to uh, break away right now. And I'll be back, guys, uh, if you are still listening. I will be back with some proof of how severe this screw-up was. Okay, guys, so I am back. It is uh, It's around almost 7 o'clock. Just got done scanning the entire roll. And what's the, what's the word? They look fine. <laughs> it's... It's... Uh, it's almost blowing my mind. Uh, they look completely fine. Uh, I'm just going through them right now. So, uh, yeah. I mean, just running them through. One thing that really is striking, you know, these are all taken with a 80-plus-year-old camera, right? Uh, this is from 1938. When this guy uh, 
1938 camera and and lens, most likely. Uh, so that is yes, that is uh, 82 years old. Um, I think I nailed the focus in every single shot, which is oh wow, this shot looks great. Wow. Okay. So yeah, um, they look good. They look good. Uh, I I really cannot quite make it out. Um, the you know the the difference here uh, between what should have been uh, a, a role that was not processed correctly. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess my takeaways. Maybe I should start backing off on the amount of developer I use, no matter what, when it comes to HC 110. I mean, I'd always seen it written up as, uh, yeah, this is a powerful developer. Uh, this guy was used. Um, it was it was especially supposedly enamored by guys in the newsroom to quickly be able to get a role process. Um, but yeah, these look just fine. Um, they look terrific. You know, it's going through, scrolling through this roll. So I'm looking at the Caribbean shots right now. They look fine. And yep, going through is a sign from the wiki, uh, the, the Waikiki. Okay. Bel Air Motel. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. It's just, I, how is that? I mean, if I went out with any other manual camera, there would typically be at least one shot, uh, at least one where my focus was off. But I guess, um, you know, there's a lot to be said for shooting at F8 and having a rangefinder patch that works, you know, where you can actually see the double image. Uh, I do remember consciously always trying to find something vertical, you know, um, in the image, uh, seeing if my, you know, my double image is lined up, then the uh, vertical stops being all wonky and then it's perfectly aligned, uh, and then taking a shot. But uh, yeah, that's it. That's my 36. Just went through all of them. Um, so there it is. <laughs> Uh, what should have been a screw-up uh, ended up being a pretty darn good roll. I'm really happy with it. Uh, I think this was, um, this was a memorable day. I, I think I'm going to look back on this one. You know, just a very simple intention. Shoot black and white. Uh, break out the Leica for for a little workout, you know, a little exercise. Uh, get to Wildwood before noon, you know, uh, before that overhead sun uh, starts interfering with everything. And, uh, yeah, shooting in black and white, F8, sunny 16. So again, thanks for uh, thanks for sticking with me on the podcast. I really appreciate you guys uh, checking it out. Uh, if everything goes well, I should have another episode same time next week, Tuesday. Only this one's going to be uh, a really interesting one. This one uh, will be a band interview. Uh, being in the room with three guys who uh, have just. Uh, Going back and mastered a project that was never quite mastered, if I understand correctly. You know, they had uh, had mixed it, uh, but it never quite mastered it. So, so it's it's not quite correct to say it's been remastered. It's been, I suppose, mastered for the first time. Uh, and yeah, if all goes well, um, Mark is working on editing it right now, and hopefully it'll be uh, ready in time for next week's show, uh, the thirtieth uh, episode. Uh, anyway, have a great one. Thanks, guys, and catch you later.